Hey friends, this is Pastor Saul. I'm I'm really blessed, really happy to be sharing with y'all in in this uh, graduate Sunday, uh, graduation Sunday. And as we celebrate today, I'll take a little time to talk about baseball. If you can bear with me for a second, you will see that it will it'll make sense. I I promise. You know, in over a 140 years of the major league baseball history and over 235,000 games played there has there have been uh, 23 perfect games by the current definition no pitcher has ever thrown more than one perfect game this the the achievement of a of a perfect game uh, to, to achieve one, a team must not allow any opposing player to reach base by any means. No hits, walks, hit batsmen, uncut third strikes, catchers or fielders interference, uh, no errors. In short, 27 up and 27 down out for a nine inning game a perfect game is usually granted to a pitcher yet it's actually accomplished by team effort and i'm not sure if you are a major league f baseball fan you might cheer for Tampa Bay who is currently leading the season maybe you are hoping to for Baltimore to catch up and we are in the south so I'm not really expecting anyone to be a Yankee fan uh, what I'm sure of is that we all love and expect a good final score. It is part of the culture that we live in. We love to brag about our team's victory. True baseball fans are always expecting a perfect game. And in our lives, it's not really different. We are really similar if you are at all familiar with some of the letters that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote. You probably remember he seems to brag about himself from time to time. Occasionally, um, he seems to be given his CV, listing strengths and skills so that his readers will trust the message that he is sharing. In his letter to the Philippians, uh, he wrote, "If anyone else, if anyone else has a reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and he keeps going, listing all the things that the culture consider to be good or or the best." And to be fair, he later talks about those things as something he now regards as loss because 
of Christ, listening and focusing in, on our strengths is not a bad thing. We all do that at some point. During the last few months, I, I've done that. I have analyzed my strengths and, <clears throat> and I, I've tried to reflect on ways that I can do better, be better as I prepare myself for my new church, my new appointment that is coming up next month. Graduates today might find themselves doing a similar thing. I mean, I imagine they are listing those trends to be ready for, like, to take that next step. They might be doing that on their own, or maybe they have been pushed by mom or dad. And we focus on our strengths because we always pursue the best score, whether we are part of a team, academics, school, church, or politics. We tend to get carried away and start to think we need to be perfect all the time. We want to be the strongest one. We want to be the most successful one. And that's usually when we get in trouble. This is because we don't get to the place we want to be. And when we don't, we consider that that to be a failure. As if every person in our team was placed in the right place in the perfect position to make this perfect game possible every single time. In other words, the culture we live on creates unrealistic expectations for ourselves and the ones around us, creating idols of perfectionism and pedestals for ourselves and others to fall from. What is not common is to do what the Apostle Paul does in the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter, chapters 11 and 12. Instead of highlighting his credential, his credentials, Paul, Paul uses the thing, the things that we all have in common. We are all human, pastors, professors, politicians, healthcare workers, students. We all have weaknesses and shortcomings. We have pains and not so perfect lives. We all have bad days. We all have a hair that won't look fresh out of the salon Monday morning while we choose to post our stories, the, uh, the best shots in our Instagram stories. That's only a small snap of our lives, the one that we want to make public.
what we don't want to show is that we all have thorns. We all made mistakes that will take us away from a perfect game. And that's certainly not something that we like to brag about on social media. And here is what the Apostle Paul writes in, in verse 5 in, in chapter 12. I will not boast about myself, except about my weakness. Even if I should chose to boast, I will not be a fool, because I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain. I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warrant, warranted by what I say or do. Or because of these surprising great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. I was given a thorn in my flesh, flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power might rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. The Apostle Paul is not trying to hide. He has been given a turn and a weakness. He's open about it. This is what the people of Corinth need to hear as they have been exposed to teaching, to teach teachings of people who claim to be super apostles. He clearly is not trying to draw attention to himself on boasting of visions and revelations. Clearly, the super apostles were making boast of their super visions and revelations. Only this supervision that the apostle uh, Paul had would blunt their false teaching. And Paul has this experience to share with us today. Whether it was a physical illness, a mental illness, something spiritual, maybe not having a wife, we are not told of the nature of the thorn. Perhaps I need to argue we are not told specifics so we can relate to him. In other words, we can relate to Paul easily when he says, I was given a thorn. Because we all have thorns we struggle with in our 
lives. This is uh, what the the psalmist uh, almost shares about in Psalm 123. He also has thorns and he asserts that our God is one who can be trusted in every moment, even in our deepest vulnerability, especially in our deepest abjection. Our God is a God who hears the cry of the desperate. The Apostle Paul is asked to endure through whatever he is facing in God's strength. And as many of us, the Apostle pleaded with God to make him free of affliction. But the answer he received is one that we often don't want to hear. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Pastor Saul has thorns and weaknesses as well. Just like the Apostle Paul, uh, just like the Apostle Paul believes, he receives his thorns to keep him humble and weak, so he cannot take credit for God, what God is doing through him. That's something that we think, need to think about. Who else can make your situation good? The situation that you are facing right now and that nobody talk, knows about. Who else can give you the strength to keep moving forward when a cancer diagnosis comes to you or to a family member? Who can give you the assurance that all things that we believe in the Bible are true? It's only God. We can find the answer to all those questions in God's strength. Often we find ourselves in places where the ideal Christian life seems so far because we are not meeting others' expectations or the expectations we were thought were ideal. Whenever your marriage is falling apart, when you thought that you were doing all right, but neglected to pay attention to your mental health, whenever your anxiety is reaching the limits and you wonder how the, the, the hope of heaven is going to help you in the here and now, in the things that, that anxiety is, is being triggered with, whenever you face any challenge at home or school, God is saying to you today, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perf perfect in weakness. We can find strength in weakness. No one else can take the credit for this but God. And that's the point. That's why Paul says, I will all the more be gladly boast of my weaknesses 
so the power of Christ may dwell in me. Paul is in, Paul is in power because he claims his human perfection is not the only thing he owns. He also has his divine nature. Dr. Powery makes the claim our glamorous culture grasps, grab, grasps for fame, prestige, and power as we claim the ladder of success. But Christianity embraces weakness. The goal of the Christian life is to become weaker, not stronger. The goal of the Christian life is to become weaker, not stronger. Today, the Apostle Paul is reminding us of who we are. This strange combination of dust and divine breath. Today, we are reminded we are weaker than we are than we care to admit but we are also powerful connected to the power that comes from the one who moves the mountains we make messes wherever we go but we are also capable of extraordinary and cre extraordinary things to have creativity and to make beauty. In God's grace, our weakness is enough for God's power to be tangible as we share the good news. Friends, whenever you feel weak, the good news is the, is the, the cross is the ultimate example of God's power made perfect in weakness as we aim to follow Jesus' example. Let us remember the goal is not to play a perfect game, but to be in it. To each of us, God today is saying, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let us pray. God of grace, God of love, today we pray for your help to be strong enough to be weak in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen again it's been great to worship together with you today if you would like to engage your faith with the community around you we'd love to partner with you in that you can visit our website fvumc.org to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us i'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on sunday mornings live Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Varina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.